Hey, hi, hello, and what's up? You're listening to episode two of The Bell on Ball. I am your very excited host, the Jazzy Bell, and I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, After listening to the first episode a couple of times, I realized that I made several mistakes. Um, And I am a perfectionist. I'm a Capricorn. So as we go through these weeks, I got to get my Beyonce on and perfect this thing. I can't have no somebody's getting fired moments because I'm the only one up in this bitch. So I got to get it tight and get it right. The main thing that I uh, was messing up on the first episode several times is when I was giving y'all the email address for the show. I was saying the bell on ball at Gmail, which is the correct address. But when I was spelling it out, I kept leaving off the on ball part. And I know that was confusing for a lot of you guys because, again, this is an interactive show and I do want your feedback. I do want your why I love football segments. I got to make sure y'all have the right email address. And so that is the bell on ball at gmail.com t-h-e-b-e-l-l-e-o-n-b-a-l-l at gmail.com so um i do apologize for that but i appreciate y'all for rocking with me thanks um to those of you who did point that out but uh as i said as i was listening i was like oh no so just wanted to make sure i got that out of the way first before we got started with today's episode and today is a very exciting episode i'm recording this wednesday night but as you're listening to this it is thursday september 7th and it is officially the start of the nfl season real players are going to be playing a real game that really matters in this bitch tonight I am so fucking excited. Today is my Christmas. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Football back. Football is back like shit. I am just tingling all over my body. This is my shit. This is my time. I'm super excited. Um, And I want you guys to be just as excited because this season I feel like it's going to be a really good one. Tons of things to look out for. Um, so before I give y'all all my predictions for the season, and I am going to give you predictions and projections for all 32 teams, including my playoff predictions, including my Super Bowl predictions, a little bit later. Um, but for now, I do have some news that I need to get out of the way. Um, this week, uh, Seattle Seahawks defensive end Michael Bennett uh, came public with the fact that he was harassed by Las Vegas um, police after the Mayweather-McGregor fight. And this has been a huge deal this week. Um, The officer actually had him laying face down, held a gun to the back of his head, and shouted at him, don't move or I'll blow your fucking head off. Um, Tons of players are in protest. Uh, The NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, issued a statement of support. Um, Michael Bennett, of course, is a high-profile player on a high-profile team. And so the timing for this is um, kind of the universe 
you know, being in order to let these owners who are kind of in disbelief about what the African-American players are protesting for about all the social injustices that black people face, you know, they, they want to act like it's, it's not a big deal or that it doesn't happen. And so, you know, for, for this to have happened at this time, now where you may have had, you know, maybe five players on the team kneeling protest, now you're going to be looking at 20 or 25 players kneeling in protest because shit is getting real. And, um, you know, it's our unfortunate reality. I've, I've been watching and keeping up with all of the sports media, and I've seen several of the white analysts and reporters say, oh, you know, this is stunning and this is shocking that this happened to him. Well, actually, no, the fuck is not. The shit happens to black people all the time. That's what the fuck we've been trying to tell y'all. That's what the fuck Colin Kaepernick has been trying to tell y'all ass for the past year, but you didn't want to listen. So hopefully... You know, this is going to open up their ears and eyes to what's really fucking going on out there. Um, I really appreciate um, Roger Goodell making the statement that he did. He we wrote a strongly worded statement in support of the players um, and their protests. Um, and, and in a separate interview, actually, this week, he actually said that he thinks that Kaepernick will play this year and deserves a job, uh, but noted that it's not necessarily his decision to make. He's the commissioner of the league, but he doesn't own a team, so he doesn't have a team to put him on, but he does. He did say that he hopes that uh, Kaepernick will get a job and that he is in um, full support of all the players who decide to protest. Um, he said even last year, um, players that have protested, he's called them personally just to let them know that they do have the support of the commissioner. So we'll see, you know, what these owners are going to do. Um, as I said last week, you know, it really all comes down to them. They, they have to be the ones to, you know, own up to their shit and say, you know, okay, I, this is who I have on my team. And I know that this player is better. Colin Kaepernick is better than the, this quarterback who I have. So let me go ahead and just be the one to make the right move and do the right thing, man, and quit with all this bullshit. Um, I applaud uh, Michael Bennett for being public with what he's going through. And, um, you know, it's social injustice is real, man. And it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, who you are. This shit happens to all of us from, you know, day-day walking down the street to, you know, famous niggas just minding their own business. Um, it's just, it's just being black in America and unfortunately nothing exempts you from racism and nothing exempts you from police harassment. It's just a, it's a real reality for all of us, and so we'll um, we'll keep our eye on the um, on what happens with Michael Bennett and his civil lawsuit against the Las Vegas uh, Police Department. Um, I talked about Ezekiel Elliott's suspension in his appeal last week, and uh, the appeal decision is here, and it is final. He is. Uh, going to be held to that six game suspension that nigga has to sit his ass down for six whole games the uh arbitrators read over all the pages of his appeal and they were like yeah that nigga did that shit and he's being punished for it and we're not going to change our mind so um he's still going to play 
the first game of the season. The the Cowboys are still letting him play the first game of the season. And tons of us, myself included, are very confused as to how they can even fucking do that. If he's suspended, he shouldn't be able to play at all. But some kind of way, the Cowboys are circumventing this suspension and he's going to actually sit out um, weeks two through seven. Um, so he'll be playing on Sunday and, uh, after that, that's when they're going to decide to sit his, sit his ass down. I don't know why they're able to pick and choose when they're, when the suspension can start for him. Uh, I've read several different, um, sources on it. I tried to look for the information to look for the writing in black and white, but it's, it's a gray area. And so that's why he's able to still play, um, this coming Sunday, but he actually does have to sit his ass down for six straight games and that'll be weeks two through seven in Dallas. Um, tons of trades, uh, were made as the teams cut down their rosters to their final 53 men. Uh, at the beginning of preseason, you know, every team had 90 or so players on their, on their team and on their rosters. And they had to cut that down to 53, meaning over 2000 players who had jobs a month ago, no longer have jobs. Um, they got cut from their teams. Um, and there were a ton of trades this off season. There were more than 30 trades. Um, and that was more than twice the average number of trades for this time of year. So everybody's trying to figure out like, what the fuck is going on this year? Why are so many teams making, you know, what's up with this trade explosion? Um, one of the most notable trades was the New York Jets traded their defensive lineman Sheldon Richardson to the Seattle Seahawks for, um, money and a draft pick. Basically, um, if you're not familiar Sheldon Richardson is a great fucking defensive player. So, um, that's one of the reasons why the trade was so notable. The other reason is the team's involved. Now, uh, the Jets are fucking horrible right now. They probably will not win a single game this season. Um, conversely, Seattle has consistently been one of the better teams in the league and one of the reasons for that is their defense they have one of the better defenses in the league the Seahawks adding Sheldon Richardson to their defense is scary like before that happened I had them at somewhere around uh between like a nine and seven or eleven and five team them just adding this one player boost them to actually be able to win probably 12 or 13 games just because their defense is so stout it's gonna be um some teams are gonna have to pull some some tricks out of some magic hats to to um score some points on this defense so we'll see what happens um I think that was the most notable trade but you know my question was again you know what what was with all the trades this year like how can you jump to to twice the number of the trades that you usually have um some people say that you know teams are tanking like um for the with the jets for example you already know your team is shit your team is fucked up you know so why hold on to this one good player who's gonna waste his year on your team anyway if you can trade that nigga for you know, a draft pick and some money. Like, would you rather go eight and eight or go five and 11 and get $30 million? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it with the Jets, it's like, you already know you're not going to win that many games anyway. 
Sheldon Richardson might have got you two games, two games maybe. So you rather go two and fourteen over zero and sixteen, but you saving like forty million dollars. So, um, you know the move made sense in that in that sense. Some people say that that's tanking. Um, you know, deciding that you're just gonna go ahead and your season's fucked up, so you're gonna let it be fucked up and you know get your trades for your future draft picks. Um. And that might be one of the reasons why. Uh, something else I read said that they noted that a lot of the general managers for the teams these days are uh, a lot younger, and younger GMs tend to make gutsier moves, which makes sense. You know, you know when you're, it's not necessarily being young and dumb, but you know, you you you're trying something new. Like younger people in any workspace, they try new shit. They don't want to do the same shit that the old niggas that have been there have always done to see whether or not it pays off so younger gms all these younger gms are out there and willing to make good seer moves and willing to make trades and um something else i read said that draft picks aren't holding as much value as they used to so teams are willing to trade players um trade draft picks for players that they want uh i have mixed feelings about that um I I know being an Atlanta fan kind of makes this difficult for me to talk about with without that much bias because um my GM like Thomas Dimitrov makes great moves in the draft like he he knows what he's doing even when it doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing to us as fans I remember um not last year but the year before last when we drafted Keanu Neal first I was like what the fuck I re- I was so mad I was sitting at um pizza bar in Atlanta at Camp Creek we were watching the draft I was with some of my friends um and I wanted to throw my drink across the bar I was like Keanu Neal what the fuck is this nigga thinking but it gave us a huge payoff um and so when you have like GMs like that who know how to make their their draft picks work to their advantage, you draft picks still gonna hold a value to to you and your team. But you know when you have GMs and you have teams making moves like you know Tampa Bay who drafted a fucking kicker in the second round last draft who ended up being a bust, then yeah I guess you wouldn't value your draft picks as much. So that could go either way. That's like two sides of the same coin. Um, but either way, you know, with all those trades that did make the, the last little bit of the off season exciting, cause it's like, oh shit, you know, who, who's going to do what next? You know, what's going to happen next? So we'll see how these trades, um, play themselves out throughout the season. And, um, we're going to go ahead and let the news, uh, end there because I got to get into these picks. Uh, before I go there, let me just give y'all some fantasy. We're going to do our fantasy segment spotlight real quick, real quick, real quick, real, real quick. That's hard to say fast. Um, but if you have your fantasy rosters at this point, you have them set because today is the start of the season. I'm going to tell you, give you my Jazzy Bell fantasy uh, tips and tricks for week one. If you have any Pittsburgh Steelers players on your team, start them. They're playing against Cleveland. That means that Pittsburgh is going to ball out. Uh, Cleveland's defense cannot stop anything that Pittsburgh is going to do on offense. So if you have Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant, uh, Le'Veon Bell, start them niggas because they're they're going ham all over Cleveland. Um, 
with the impact of Hurricane Irma coming, the Tampa Bay and Miami game has been postponed. They were supposed to start week one against each other on Sunday. They're moving that game to the end of the season. Um, And so if you have any Tampa and Miami players on your fantasy rosters, you want to make sure that you move them to your bench uh, because this is essentially a bye week for them. They're going to play uh, 16 game straight starting week two um and that's unfortunate for the players you know I really do I really do feel for them that they won't have that mid-season bye week but you know this is for this is a safety concern we definitely can't have them playing in Tampa Bay or in Miami with this hurricane coming so again for your fantasy teams just make sure you move all your Tampa players and your Miami players to your bench you don't want to have them sitting there um, Jameis ain't getting no points this week because he will not be playing. If you have Carolina offensive players on your team, you want to make sure you start them over San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, who is um, the former offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons, is now the head coach in San Francisco. So we're not sure what their offense is going to do. Um of course, it'll be much better than it has been because he is a great offensive mind for the most part. Fuck that nigga. I have my own reasons of why I fucking hate Kyle Shanahan. But again, I'm trying to be unbiased on this show. So I will admit that sometimes a nigga does do offensively genius things. So he's probably going to carry some of those same things over to San Francisco as much as he can. But that defense is still it's not that great so you want to start cam newton you want to um we don't really know what their rookie running back christian mccaffrey is going to do uh you might want to put christian mccaffrey in as your flex if you have them but definitely start cam newton kelvin benjamin uh devin funches like start your start your um carolina panthers uh offensive players in your leagues this week if you have green bay this is a tough one. Green Bay offense, they have, I think, the second-best quarterback in the league who would be the absolute best quarterback in the league if Tom Brady wasn't still playing. Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a great fucking quarterback. Aaron Rodgers can score tons of points, but they're playing against Seattle. And I just talked about how stout this Seattle defense is this year. So you might want to be a little careful uh, with some of your Green Bay French players this week. If you have, for example, Randall Cobb on your fantasy roster, this might be the week to sit him. I don't really see him getting that many points against that Seattle defense. So just be careful uh, with your Green Bay players. And lastly, if you have Atlanta Falcons offensive players on your fantasy roster, start them niggas because they are about to run and fly all over Chicago this week. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, Muhammad Sanu, Taylor Gabriel. I wouldn't be surprised if all of these players ended up with double-digit fantasy points this week. Because there's really nothing that Chicago can do to stop what's, what's coming to them. Not only are they already not that great, but... Several of their players are are um, injured and won't even be starting. Unfortunately, which sucks. You know, injuries are are fucked up. We never, never, ever, ever. You'll never hear me cheer for um, 
team for players being injured. Um, but they are a part of the game, and they do impact the game. And so, yeah, Chicago is already not that great, and they're banged up. So Atlanta's about to really fuck them up on Sunday. It's probably going to be a brutal. It, it's it's going to be, it's just going to be, like, real fucked up. It's going to be like Beyonce versus Lumi D. Uh, it, it it's just gonna be some it's mm, yeah. So start your start your Atlanta offensive players on your fantasy squad this week, and we are going to close out our fantasy segment this week. This podcast is sponsored by none other than my black ass. Uh, so if you would like to support the bill on ball, there are links to my cash app and my PayPal in the show notes. Um, if you want to help with the web hosting fees, with the audio hosting fees, um, until we might get some real sponsors, we might not, but either way, I'm gonna keep this shit rocking. And if you decide to support the show, you're more than welcome to do so. And I do appreciate that. And so let's go ahead and get into these season projections. I do this every year, not to toot my own horn, but I am pretty fucking good at it. Uh, <laughs> the past four years, I have um, predicted every single playoff team with the exception of like three. So I would say that's pretty damn good. Uh, just to let you guys know what I do use, um, it's a great tool. And if you want to predict the season for yourself, it's a great tool to use. It's at, um, it's online playoffpredictors.com. Um, and it gives you all 17 weeks of the NFL season. It shows you every game. You just click and you choose who you think is going to win each game. And so at the end, it'll show you, uh, for every single 32 team, what their record will be based on your predictions. You also, you can also choose, um, the playoff games and even the Super Bowl, um, using that tool. So again, that is playoffpredictors.com. That is what I use to make my predictions every year. And so, um, um, let me actually start with, with my, with my picks for week one. So, I know this is going to be a little controversial, but tonight in the season opener, I actually have Kansas City with the upset. Um, a lot of people think that New England, the Patriots are going to go just like everybody's saying the Jets are going to go 0-16. Niggas are saying that the Patriots are going to go 16-0. and They think that they're going to win every game. I'm not on that bus. I think they do have a couple of upsets this season, and I think it starts tonight. I actually pray that it starts tonight so that I don't have to spend the whole season listening to how niggas think that they're going to go undefeated. That'll be a win-win. Um, but, yeah, I think Kansas City is going gonna, is gonna to have a slight edge over New England. Um, and and this 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 pick is, again, it's a controversial one because New England, you know, it's their season opener and they're at home. But – I don't know, man. I think I got to go with the underdogs on this one. I think that, that Kansas City's going to shock us all. I I really um I really enjoy Kansas City as a team. I like what Andy Reid's done over there since he's gotten there. Uh, you know, Alex Smith isn't necessarily the best quarterback, but he's he's consistent. He can, you know, he he's a vet. He's old as fuck. 
He's been in the league for a while. But, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's not the most talented guy, but he knows what he's doing. Like, he's that nigga on the job that he might not get employee of the year, but you know that he's going to come and he's going to do his job and he's going to be consistent and he ain't going to be calling out and, you know, shit like that. So, you know, um, and, and that defense, Kansas City's defense is a beast. So, if anybody can, can – um kind of slow New England down a little bit. I think Kansas City has what it takes to do it. And so, yeah, I'm calling Kansas City over New England for this week. Uh, we got Baltimore at Cincinnati. I'm going to go with Cincinnati on that. We got New York Jets at Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go with Buffalo at home on that one. We got Pittsburgh Steelers playing at Cleveland Browns. I'm going to give Pittsburgh the win there. Jacksonville Jaguars are playing in Houston. I'm going to give Houston the edge on that game. We got the Oakland Raiders against the Tennessee Titans. We're going to go ahead and give that one to Oakland. Uh, Tennessee is not going to be uh, as good this year as people think they are. Uh, and, and I'll get into that when I make my whole season predictions. But, yeah, week one, I'm going to give that to Oakland over Tennessee. We got the Los Angeles Chargers at Denver. We're going to give that to the Broncos in Denver. Um, again, Tampa Bay and Miami are not playing, uh, but when they do, um, I can't call it right now. It's going to be so much later in the season. If it were going to be Sunday, I would have given the edge to Tampa Bay. But again, that game has been postponed. We got the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts playing in LA against the Rams. I'm going to give that to, uh, the away team. We're going to let the Colts take that one. We got the Carolina Panthers playing against San Francisco in San Francisco. I'm going to give that to Cam Newton. I think he's on a revenge tour. Um, I don't think it'll come to that much. We'll talk about that just in just a second, but I am going to give them the win over San Francisco. We got Atlanta over Chicago. Obviously we're going with Atlanta for that game. Uh, we got Arizona playing in Detroit. I'm going to, even though I do like Arizona this year, I'm going to give that one to Detroit at home for their home opener. We got Seattle against Green Bay in Green Bay. Now, again, this is going to be another controversial pick this week because I'm actually going to take Seattle in this game. Uh, I, I think that the, um... I think that Seattle's defense can slow Green Bay down a little bit, even at home, even at their home opener. And I'm not really sure that I can say the same for Green Bay's defense against Seattle's offense. You know, Russell Wilson does what he does. He's, he's you know, Russell Wilson is a he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's lame as fuck. <laughs> but, you know, he's just out there living his life and being lame and just being square, just being just happy as fuck and good at what he does, and that's cool. Um, Seattle can put up some points on offense, and their defense can slow down anybody. So I'm I'm going to – I'm going to um, – I'm going to call Seattle on this one. I'm going to keep my eye on this game. I think it's going to be probably the best game of the week outside from tonight's opener. Um, but as far as, as, as uh, week one goes, um, that Seattle and Green Bay is my personal game of the week. You know, just to see, I think it's going to have tons of implications for the for the NFC, for that division. Um, it's going to be a fight to the top that I think is going to come really between Atlanta, Seattle, and Green Bay. And so I think that that game is just going to kind of set the tone and let the whole NFC knows 
you know, what they need to keep their eye on. So, yeah, I'm calling Seattle for that game. We got Philadelphia against the Redskins. I am going to go with the Redskins at home. I'm going to just barely give them the edge. We got the New York Giants against Dallas in Dallas. Um... Uh, this one is a hard one for me to call. I don't think that Dallas is going to have the year that everybody is hoping, that their fans are hoping that they will. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension aside, especially since he's playing this game anyway, I don't know, man. Uh, I had to... I had to flip a coin with this one. I was leaning towards giving Dallas the win because they are going to be at home. But in the end, I think I got to give the slightest, smallest, teeniest edge to um, the New York Giants. So, I'm going to call the Giants over Dallas in this, in this one. And then lastly, we have the New Orleans Saints against Minnesota. In Minnesota, I'm going to give that win to the Vikings. Um, I'll be keeping my eye on that just because... We know that New Orleans offense is 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 ridiculous. We got Drew Brees, and this nigga can throw 500 yards a game every game if he wants to. But I still have some questions about their defense, and so until those questions are answered, um, we we're gonna go with the the home team on this one, and that's Minnesota. So we're gonna give Minnesota that win for Week One. Now, after I went through every week and I picked all my wins and losses, um, these are my final projections. I have in the AFC North, I have Pittsburgh Steelers coming out on top with 13-3 and with a 5-1 and division record. I got Baltimore Ravens coming out in second place, 9-7 and overall, 4-2 and in the division. Cincinnati 5 and 11, 3 and 3 in the division. Cleveland 3 and 13, 0 and 6 in the division. Um they'll do a little bit better than they than they than they did uh last year with the uh, winning three games. So we'll see how that comes out. In the AFC South, I got Houston Texans taking the divisions with 11 and 5 going undefeated in the division. I got the Colts coming in at 8 and 8. Two and four in the division. Tennessee six and ten, one and five in the division, and Jacksonville five and eleven, three and three in the division. Again, a lot of people are projecting that Tennessee is gonna have a winning season this year. I don't see it. I don't think that they're uh, I don't think that they're quite ready. I do like Marcus Mariota. I do like DeMarco Murray. Um I'm not too sure about their defense. Uh so yeah, I just I just don't see it for them yet. So I so I got them right at six and ten. I think they're on the bubble. They remind me a lot of Tampa Bay, um, in the NFC South. You know, they uh they're starting to put the pieces together. They they need a they need some shifts to happen before I can say they really are, you know, a contender in the league and especially in their division. Um, in the AFC East, got in the got New England Patriots taking that division, going thirteen and three. I called three losses for them uh, this season, uh, and they're gonna go six and zero in their division. Though they're gonna blow out all them niggas. Uh, got Buffalo Bills at six and ten, three and three in the division. Miami at five and eleven, three and three in the division, and the New York Jets at zero and sixteen, zero and six in the division. I don't think the Jets will win a single game i don't even think they're gonna come close to winning the game they're a complete shit show this year 
um and teams are gonna walk all over them it's really sad it's just like it's really gonna be like beating up on the on the um smallest kid in class so so yeah teams are just gonna really just stomp them into the ground uh afc west Kansas City got them going thirteen and three as well, four and two in their division. I got Oakland at twelve and four, five and one in the division. Denver at nine and seven, two and four in the division, and Los Angeles Chargers at seven and nine, one and five in the division. So in the AFC, um, at the end of it all, my playoff teams, I got Pittsburgh, Houston, New England, and uh Kansas City, Oakland, and Denver, three teams in the AFC West all making the playoffs when it comes to uh we'll we'll get into that all together at the end let me head over to the NFC and give you guys my projections for my NFC teams I'm gonna start with the NFC North I have Green Bay going 12 and 4 5 and 1 in their division Detroit is gonna be you know middle 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 of the lamb there I got them going 8 and 8 3 and 3 in the division um, Minnesota, I got it six and ten, two and four in the division, and Chicago at five and eleven, two and four at the in the division. Um, in the NFC South, I have uh, the Atlanta Falcons going thirteen and three, four and two in the division. Tampa Bay going ten and six, five and one in the division. Carolina going eight and eight, two and four in the division, and New Orleans going seven and nine, one and five in the division. Now, a lot of people are going to hear that, and they're going to think I'm trying to be funny. But I swear to God, I went through, and I just made my picks week by week. And when I looked at the end result, it had New Orleans at 7-9. I did not do that shit on purpose. That is just the way it came out. And it's going to, y'all are going to think I'm being shady. Y'all are going to think I'm trying to be funny. But that is just not the case. New Orleans has gone 7-9. Every season for the past three years, they have had a losing season for three years in a row, and that losing record has been seven and nine. Um, I just picked the games, and it came out seven and nine again this year. Now, whether or not they really end up six and ten or eight and eight, I don't know. But when I made my picks, these niggas came out at seven and nine yet again. Um, got them going one and five in the division. So, moving on to the NFC East, I got the New York Giants taking the division at 10-6, going 5-1 in their division. Dallas at 9-7 with 4-2 in the division. Philadelphia, uh, a lot of people um, think that Philadelphia is going to be, you know, a pretty good team this year. I don't see it. I feel like they're they're right there with Tennessee for me. Um, I just don't see it. So, I got them at 6-10 with 1-5 in the division. And the Redskins at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, five at eleven, f- five and eleven, two and four in the division. NFC West, I got Seattle, um, coming out twelve and four, four and two in their division. Arizona at ten and six, five and one in the division. San Francisco at six and ten, three and three in the division, and the LA Rams at four and twelve, zero oh and six in their division. Okay, so now when we get to, uh, just to recap. For the division winners, I got the Steelers, the Texans, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. In the NFC, I got Seattle, um, the Giants in New York, Atlanta, and Green Bay. Um, my playoff teams, we got 
um, Green Bay, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, New York Giants, Seattle, and Arizona in the NFC. And in the AFC, we got Denver, Oakland, Kansas City, New England, Houston, and Pittsburgh. Our wild card games are going to be, um, based on my predictions, wild card game is going to be Denver at Pittsburgh. I'm going to call Pittsburgh winning that one. Oakland at Houston. I'm going to call Oakland on that one. Um, Arizona at New York at the Giants. I'm going to give that one to the Giants. But that's going to be a good game. Um, and I got Tampa Bay at Green Bay. And I'm going to give that one to Green Bay. Uh, so then when we come to our divisional round in the playoffs, we're going to have the Oakland Raiders at Kansas City. And I think Kansas City is going to take that and move on to the AFC Championship. Pittsburgh at New England. That's going to be a hell of a game. New England's going to edge them out. Um, and head back to the AFC Championship. I got the New York Giants coming to Seattle. Uh, I'm sorry, New York Giants coming to Atlanta. And Atlanta's going to take that game um, at home. And then I got Green Bay coming to Seattle. This is going to be, um, I think, a repeat of what happens in the season. And I think Seattle's going to win at home again over Green Bay in the playoffs. So that's going to mean that our championship, our uh, division championship game is going to be New England playing at Kansas City and Seattle playing at Atlanta. Even though Kansas City is the home team, I think that New England comes out on top and goes back to the Super Bowl. And then for Seattle and Atlanta, in Atlanta, I have Atlanta going back to the Super Bowl. Now, I know some of y'all are listening and y'all are like, all right, she said that she was going to put her by her Atlanta Falcons fan bias aside and, you know, be as subjective as possible in this podcast. And I really am. Um, I think that when you look at the NFC overall, there's really no reason why Atlanta can't you know, come back and be the ones to end up being the NFC champion and, and repeating as the NFC champion. Again, I think they are going to have to go through uh, Seattle and Green Bay. Um, I don't really see, um, you know, Arizona or New York or Dallas or Tampa Bay really slowing them down. It's going to it's gonna be one of those three teams. You can mark my words on that. The NFC champion this year is going to be Atlanta, Green Bay, or Seattle. And, you know, with with these predictions, I got Seattle taking out Green Bay, and then Atlanta's going to take out Seattle. So they, they're going to head back to the Super Bowl, and they're going to meet Tom Brady and Bill Belichick there again. Um, and this is when I just had to be really real with myself. I think even if there is a Super Bowl matchup, rematch um, from Super Bowl 51, I, I just can't see Atlanta uh, winning the Super Bowl. I think if it does end up being Atlanta against New England, they're going to be too much in their heads about it. I don't think they're going to be too much in their heads to get back to the Super Bowl, but I think having to face New England again in the Super Bowl after losing the way that they did, it's just going to be a little bit too much um, for them. And again, like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are just, uh, they're formidable. They're, 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 they're the the giants of this league. They're um, they know how to win. They win and they do it well. They have a tried and true formula. So I think that they can they can um, repeat as the league champions. So that's my season predictions. I got New England coming out on top again. Um, 
so again we'll see what happens i think uh the surprises here that some of y'all might have is with me having dallas now i don't think dallas is gonna make the playoffs i don't think carolina's comeback is gonna be as strong as people are saying it's gonna be um i don't think san francisco is gonna have a winning season over there with kyle shanahan not seeing it for tennessee um, I think Indianapolis, Andrew Luck, and the Colts are just going to be meh. You know, I got them going 8-8. I see good things for Pittsburgh. I see great things for Kansas City and Oakland. The uh, AFC West is going to be a beast. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I think Tampa Bay is going to surprise everybody who hasn't been paying attention. Um, they, they've been on hard knocks this season. So they did get, you know, a little bit of notoriety this off season. I think people who are interested in everything going on in the league, they're probably paying a little bit closer attention to Tampa Bay than some of the, the French watchers. But you might want to keep your eye on Tampa Bay this season. Like, they, they ain't no hoes down there. Um, They have coaches who... You know, Dirk Cutter, he's a former coordinator in Atlanta. Uh, they also got Atlanta's former head coach, Mike Smith, down there. And, again, all bites aside, this this has nothing to do with, I think, them having, you know, Atlanta's old coaches and coordinators. I think it's just the talent on the, on the field. Them picking up Deshaun Jackson, so they got Mike Evans. And the, the offense in Tampa can be really fucking scary. Jameis is starting to come into his own. Um, I think he does have some maturity issues on the field uh, that he has to work through. But I think that he's getting there. Um, you know, with Deshaun Jackson and Mike Jack and Mike Evans' weapons, uh, they got um, the Doug or not, Doug Martin coming back. Uh, he's going to be running all over the place once he gets back in. There. So, you know, Tampa, they got the pieces to the puzzle. The question is whether or not they can they can start to put them together. And I think that this is the season where they do. Um, my heart goes out to my boo, my, my baby daddy and my head, Cam Newton, whom I love with all of my black ass heart. Um, I, I don't see it for my boo this year. Uh... I got them at eight and eight. We'll see. We'll see what happens. There, they might surprise me and pull out ten and six. And if they do, then you know I'll be happy for my boo. But I think that um, he has a chip on his shoulder this season. He has a lot to prove. And um, this is gonna be this is gonna be a do or die season for my boo. So we'll see what happens. But those are my predictions. And so. We'll see what happens, and I can't wait to come back at the end of the season and see how right or wrong I was. I like being right, so I hope that I am more right than wrong. But we'll come back to these at the end of the season, and we'll find out. I'm going to close this episode out with the Why I Love the Game. I got a letter from a Buffalo Bills fan, um, and that shocked the hell out of me. I know they have fans, but I just wasn't expecting... Um, such a, a, a passionate response from a Buffalo Bills fan this season in particular because I don't think that they're going to have the greatest season. And uh, this fan doesn't either. But he's a fan of his team nonetheless. So I'm going to go ahead and read the letter sent in by Buffalo Bill fan who sent his letter and wants to be known as Greg. Greg says... 
What's up, Jazzy? This is Greg, and I am a 41-year-old Buffalo Bills fan from upstate New York. I grew up watching the Buffalo Bills all my life. I played football when I was little and in school wanted to be a member of the Buffalo Bills when I grew up. There are pictures that my mom still has in her house of me drawing myself in a Buffalo Bills uniform from elementary school. I was there for the heyday. I remember vividly the Buffalo Bills going to the Super Bowl four years in a row. It was a magical time. It was a great time, but it was also the worst time of our lives as Buffalo Bills fan. You cannot imagine the torture of seeing your team go back to back to back to back to the Super Bowl and still having no rings to show for it. It is the most torturous thing that I've ever had to endure. I sympathize with Falcons fans on their 28-3 to um, defeat in the Super Bowl when the Patriots were able to come back from the largest deficit in history. But even that, I promise you, does not compare to going 0-4 in the Super Bowl because you have to keep in mind that this was a run. It's not like we went to the Super Bowl one year and then came back six years later, then went back seven years later, then went back ten years later and lost all those games. These happened back to back to back to back. Every time I see someone and I let them know that I'm a Bills fan that and I'm not in New York, they ask me why, they ask me how, and I'm just going to let you guys know that I fucking love this game. I grew up, again, watching the magic of four AFC championships in a row. I am a fan of this team because I am waiting for the resurgence. I'm waiting for my finally. I feel like... One day it's going to happen. I hope it happens in my lifetime. I have two kids. I've encouraged them to make their own decisions when it comes to football. But they're Buffalo Bills fans too, even though they weren't there for the magic. And so I'm hoping for the best for my kids. I want them to see a team and root for a team that is a championship team. This game is competitive. This game really does make you put the bullshit that goes on through your week to the side and you're just sitting there on Sundays and you're rooting for some magic to happen. And that's why I love this game. That's why I always love this game. And that's why I will be sitting here as a Buffalo Bills fan until I get my finally. If the Buffalo Bills win the championship in my lifetime, I'm going to get a billboard in front of my house that just says it happened and I saw it. Thank you. I hope you read this letter. I've been following you on Twitter for a while. Love your football takes every season. Good luck to your Falcons this year. My Bills won't have the best of luck, but good luck to them in the future. And thanks for reading my letter. Thank you, Greg, for sending that in. I do appreciate it. Uh, you're right. I cannot imagine what it must be like being a Buffalo Bills fan. I would probably... Uh, slit my wrist if the Falcons went to four Super Bowls in a row and still didn't have a ring to show for it. So, um, you know, I haven't lived it, but I, but I can't imagine it. And so, uh, I appreciate you sharing your, your torment with us. But, you know, I think it's really dope that you said that you're just waiting for your finally. And I get that. Um, 
as as a fan of a team who's never won a championship and doesn't have a ring, I do get that. I think that every single fan of a team that has never won the Super Bowl does have that same sentiment. Like, when we finally get it, it's going to be like, oh, thank you, Lord. And I know that it must be uh, hard as fuck having, having gotten so close four times and still and still not having it so i do applaud you for still being a fan i appreciate your fandom i'm sure the buffalo bills do too um and thanks for sending in your letter thank you to greg for being my co-host this week if you would like to be my co-host if you have any questions about anything going on with the league if you want to share your why i love this game story if you have anything that you want to say that you feel like is not being said in sports media, send it in to me and become a co-host for the week. Send in letters or audio clips to the bell on ball at gmail.com. T-H-E-B-E-L-L-E-O-N. B-A-L-L at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to get out of here. Um, tomorrow I will be somewhere with a drink in my hand and a Falcons t-shirt on, even though they're not playing, um, in anticipation for the start of the season. Here's to a good season for us all and, uh, have a good week. I'll see you guys next week. We'll talk all about week one and we'll dive into week two. Thanks for listening. Have a great start to the season. Bye.